everybody, and welcome back to the Invincible Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan. Joining me today is Wyatt. Hey. And Bill. Hello. And TJ. Hello, it's TJ. We are finally getting around to doing our Adam Eve episode impressions slash review. Um, very excited to do this one. How are you guys feeling today? We have no uh, Invincible. We yeah. have no Invincible. Yeah. It's not necessarily Invincible, but it's Invincible. Invincible yeah. things. Yeah. Everyone at once. Everyone at once. Just <laughs> tell us how you're feeling and what, and how excited. Well, there was like a really we all, weird we pause. Paused. Yeah, we all paused. <laughs> and then we all jumped in thinking like, oh, that was a long pause. I should talk now. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling great. I think I'm excited to finally talk about this episode. I know we've gotten a couple of messages asking like when we're going to because it came out. Gosh, it's almost two weeks now, a week and a half now, because no. we're recording this on a Tuesday, yeah. and it came out the Friday of San Diego Comic Con while we were there. Mm-hmm. So obviously, couldn't that really record last it. Friday? No, wow, it was the Friday before that. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So the reason why we have not done it yet is because we had the craziness of San Diego Comic Con mm-hmm. and flying back. Ryan and I stayed a little bit longer to go to Disneyland, and it was just uh, some craziness, but uh, we're excited to kind of dig into yeah. it again. I mean, and and on top of this, dropping an entire full-length episode of Invincible, there was a ton of other news. So we have a whole episode devoted to everything else new that came out from, uh, from San Diego Comic-Con. So check out that episode. We've also got an episode coming soon where it's just us playing the new Invincible dice game, which is a lot of fun. Um, but this whole episode, wholly dedicated to Adam Eve uh, and this special episode. So if you wanted to email us and be a part of the show, send in your thoughts on this episode or topics for other episodes or in the future, um, you can email us at theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok now. We have an awesome TikTok that Wyatt's been doing some great stuff on there. Um, we've been posting some really cool clips from the episodes as well as TJ's uh, Fan Art Fridays. Um, which we've been doing uh, that's right obviously you're not a huge fan of them Ryan you didn't even like you stumbled over the what? name of them what what is the name Bill Friday <laughs> Friday art I thought, fan time that's what I thought TJ's <laughs> Friday um, art <laughs> gotcha invincible fan Fridays for those of you who like are actually care I guess right. yeah the <laughs> most recent one say- why did I put into it the most recent one is really cool because it is from San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah. lots of footage yeah. of you picking up a commission. That was really uh, cool. And talking a little bit about it later. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah you had that idea, TJ. And um, I, the way it came out was exactly how I had like pictured and hoped. Imagine like it. you mm-hmm. walking through the convention, going up to the table. And um, yeah, it was pretty cool. And the one before that was Adam Eve. Mm-hmm. It was. It That's worked right. out. That's The right. day that this that this episode randomly dropped. What a crazy random happenstance. Wow. So we've got, uh, we're going to jump right into this. This uh, episode was released at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, this was uh, teased uh, by being called uh, a, this is not an Invincible Season 2 screening. Screening. Remember this? Um, it was a panel that was called, yeah. This is and not it's not. It two. wasn't. They were right. I know there's a lot of people just assuming it was episode one, that we were going to get episode one and that it would be coming sooner. Um, But that was a fun us? Did any of us think that it was not going to be episode one? Did you think that it was going to be an Adam Eve special or an offshoot special episode? No, I don't think we had any reason to think that 
this yeah. wouldn't be season one. Like that's what and that is why what... I love Robert Kirkman because this shit happens all the time and you're always surprised. And it always. happens with comic books and stuff like that. I, I I can't believe this didn't get leaked. That this didn't yeah. end up being on like a. Um, I mean, look at the the Mortal Kombat thing. You know, like mm-hmm. it didn't end up on like a uh, Amazon Prime UK or whatever Twitter page or something. Like it just this was kept secret and not and I could see them keeping it a secret and then revealing it at San Diego Comic Con for us to watch and then it reveal and then it released like a week or two later. But the fact that this came out the same day as the announcement is crazy to me, and everyone was able yeah. to watch it that day. Um, yeah. But it was cool. It was great that we all got to go. Um, there were people that had already seen it because it released for everybody like a couple hours before the screener. But it was really cool getting to go to the screener with a crowd of people, um, have, you know, Robert Kirkman introduce it and um, having like, you know, the, the team that helped make it, the director yeah. and everything over in the audience. Um, that was a lot it of was fun. The movie, it, was, it was a movie theater experience. It was really great. Yeah. It was yeah. cool because, I mean, we, they announced it um midday at the the uh cast panel uh for season two mm-hmm. and it dropped like right after that panel ended so it was like what three three or four hours before the screening so there were yeah. people in the world that were watching it and we weren't uh yeah. we wanted to wait to see it in the crowd and i'm so glad that we did because yeah. we got to experience the rate um our own reactions, obviously, like each other's reactions, but along with everybody else, and it was it was very much like that feel good movie experience where you're seeing yeah. something for the first time, hearing with the fans, laugh, the shock, fans, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a moment that was interesting that I'll talk about if I remember towards the end uh, of the episode where I feel like uh, I expected something, and you could tell there was something that was that the audience wanted. Um, but it ended up being a little bit different, but we'll talk more about that later in the episode. Um, this of course is based off of not only the invincible comics, but the comic invincible presents Adam Eve. Um, this was written by, uh, Benito Serino and with art by Nate Bellegarde. It came out as a two issue, uh, series, just a two issue, two one shots, I guess you would call it. I don't know. Um, and was collected in a trade paperback along with the other three-part issues by the same creative team uh, with Invincible Presents, Adam Eve, and Rexplode, which is kind of like the sequel to this story in a way mm-hmm. um, where Adam Eve goes on to meet Rex and you get the beginnings of their relationship that you see in the beginning of Invincible Season 1 in the comics, of course. Um, this was also recollected an Invincible Universe, a compendium that conveniently came out like a month ago, right? Synergy, with, Bill. With Adam Synergy. Eve on the cover. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. That was one of the things we talked about in San Diego, though, of how cool it is to see how they've kind of organized around Eve right now. Like yeah. they have they had that coming out with Eve on the cover of it. This was the big surprise drop before season two. The Eve game is coming out. Like we're getting a game where you play as Eve. It's so cool yeah. to see them kind of like Ryan organize the upcoming content. Yeah, the, the mystery boxes too. It's cool to see them organize all the content in this way that is like a surprise that then makes you think differently, like retroactively about the stuff they were already releasing, which is really cool. And I, I do hope to see 
that kind of stuff continue even like in future seasons if they do more special episodes or even if just they just know this character is going to have some big moments in the season let's kind of like focus mm-hmm. our marketing yeah. around that yeah it takes takes me back to our like uh the podcast episode that we did that was uh pre san diego comic-con and we talked about uh ryan what was her name the cosplayer where like skybound was paying for her to come out to be adam yep. eve it all makes yep. sense yeah yep everything clicks uh, so tj start working on your rexplode cosplay there and go. then next year skybound be like, you. hey we might mm-hmm. need to fly you out yeah exactly yep i think that this is a really exciting thing too that they did this episode because it shows how important that the source material is and how serious they take it. Like the fact that they did this off of that before season two comes out, I don't want to get my hopes up, but there's that Rexplode prequel. There's a lot that, I mean, that whole compendium is filled with not as important stuff, I mean, there's a reason why I mean, that came out, not to spoil it. Yeah, but... we're not going to talk any comic book spoilers. This episode is going to yeah. be for, you know, uh, just like our previous episode reviews um, for the show. We're not going to spoil things from the comics. Um, but like there are other characters and other tie in comics that would fit really well as one offs or even a couple episode yeah. series that uh, will take place later on in the show when we get to those points. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah, probably TJ. You would probably know this because you're a freak with issue numbers and when stuff comes out in the years and months. When did this come out? Oh, in, the, in, in, in Adam no even explode? No spoilers. Uh, I want to say it was issue? around around uh, fifty-five to sixty-ish. Yes, it okay. was like right before the certain war, the first war thing takes place. Yes, right before that. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it was kind of like during that in a little, in a little, in a way. And that is also, for comic book readers, I'm just going to speak vague to you guys. That's also why it's really great that this came out now and not right before those events. Because setting yeah. up Eve and explaining her powers now early on it makes way more sense and allows it to not feel convenient or retroactive in any way yeah. when she has to use these powers. Um, right. Or people start asking why she's able to use these powers. Um, so that was great. I love that they got this. This is one of those things where if I introduce new readers to the comic book, which we've done, we've all done a bunch of times, I give them this story way before it fit when it actually came out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Here's a, speaking of where it fits and in, in the like getting it out there. And if you were to tell somebody you, you should watch this show, don't don't worry about the comic. Just watch this show. Hmm. Would you give them this first before season one? No, no, I don't no. think I would. Yeah. Not only, in a I don't million think, years, TJ. I do think. Why? Explain. Explain why you're adamant about it. Because moments in the show, like the intro um, with the Guardians, hits harder because you're like, "Who are these guys? These are different I members." Think... That's Black Samson before he got his powers. Like. That or, or before he lost his powers, like those moments hit harder because you have the show. Not to mention the tone. Yeah, I think the I exact opposite. Say, I know. I think it hits harder knowing who Adam Eve is, and, and you see her, and she's grown up, and it's like holy shit, and she's got all these people with her. I think it hits harder having already about, being in love with her. There is not one person 
that will agree with you if we put this up for a vote, TJ. No, I don't think TJ's crazy. Is your I bet think, not no, one yeah. person? Unlike unlike some other things, not we, one person, no. Ryan. No. Not one person. Remember unlike, how you were when I presented the question of why would they say not another, not a season uh, premiere, not uh, an invincible thing? Remember how adamant you were, and you were wrong. I don't so, think Adam. Yeah. Oh. Adam it. Adam leave it. Adam I don't think you're crazy, TJ. Unlike things like Star Wars or other things that, you know, oh, should you watch this first or that? Um, I think this could work as just fine as a prequel. I don't think they gain that much by watching all of season one before this. Um, and I could see where your your point, TJ, where it's like, oh, you get to meet the Guardians. And then when you see the Guardians in episode one of Invincible, not really a spoiler, but like, hey, there's them. Wait, why is Green Ghost? you know, female now, why is the, where's black Samson? And then they all die. It's like, wait a minute. So it can kind of work in reverse in an interesting way, but I'm, I am a sucker for things being, you know, shown in continuity wise or in, there uh, is only one chronologically. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There is only one reason why I wouldn't show them first. And it's because of how the first episode ends. That feels like, yes, that Mm -hmm. feels like, a season premiere it feels like a perfect introduction is to as to what you're about to get into with invincible yeah and i would want to keep that the first episode other than that i don't know i I will say though i i tj that's reason enough yeah we i what's your opinion if the show show premiered with the adam eve episode not as many people would have have because they would have been like okay this is just your run-of-the-mill well so you think Hmm, okay what, what were you we gonna say, Wyatt? No, I I agree. I think with what you guys are saying is that I I could see that was one of my thoughts of like, oh, this is chronologically before, so you could just show it all before. I think a couple of things work better if you've seen at least, like you said, the first episode. One of those being like the the joke with Mark at the end being duct tape man. I think is really funny because you know where they are later on in the future. But I agree that that episode one of season one is such a perfect tone setter for what the show is. And like Kirkman and and all the people who've worked on the show have talked at length about why they held back on the violence until the very end, because they wanted that shocking moment. And there are some moments in this Eve special that are pretty gross and violent. And like that, I think watching this first spoils that like, okay, this is the show that's going to get into that stuff. And so maybe the, the Omni-Man guardians fight at the end of episode one wouldn't be as shocking to people. Yeah. And that's why that's why I would still hold it at least until after that first episode if you wanted to rearrange it in some way. I, was... I would say I would say that works, Wyatt. Like, if you were to show somebody, I would actually understand if you were to show them the first episode of Invincible, then be like, all right, watch this Adam Eve special. Now watch the rest of the show. Cause then you might be like, I like Adam Eve. I understand her powers more. Like that. But first, I... no fucking way. I will say. My wife Katie has never watched Invincible and she hasn't read it or anything. However, I was oh like, God, I can't believe she, she watched the episode. She no, she didn't watch this. I was gonna say, oh, okay. like, okay. I feel like I could show her this one and I think she'd enjoy this because I mm. think she'd really like Adam Eve and her story and growing up and everything like that. And but it might it, intrigue her to watch Invincible. Yeah. So we're but Adam the- Eve, but Adam Eve's like real personality and how and like is established in Invincible, like. She's just a young kid. No, like I, I like seeing her before she's the Adam Eve that we know. Mm-hmm. She would. You're right. She would absolutely love Adam Eve in Invincible, and then she would love this afterwards. Yeah, 
Not one person would agree with TJ. Not one. <laughs> All I, right. Dude, you get so adamant about things and you're so <laughs> wrong. You're so yeah. wrong. A few, okay. uh, right. a few episode details. So this is called Invincible Presenting Adam Eve Special Episode. The titling is a little hard to follow. Um, it's just called Adam Eve Special Episode. Um, and also listed on Amazon Prime, it is listed as episode 202, which is wrong. At the end of the episode in the credits, it's listed as episode 200, which does make sense, yeah. uh, you know, with, yeah. with the way they name episodes. Like 101 is season one, episode one. Yeah. 102 is season one. So it's like one, episode, episode zero of, of season, season two. two. Exactly. Yeah. So I think this being episode oh, zero of season two. And then 201. 201, okay. season yeah, two, episode one, which is great. I, I think that is the way it 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 made to be um this was written by helen lee and uh robert kirkman supervising director dan duncan uh directed by Haley herrick um who i believe was at the panel for sure she also mm -hmm. did some mm -hmm. conversations at the skybound booth during san diego comic-con and art director sean o'neill score once again by john pisano right is that yeah. how you pronounce him cool uh, so. and i can Looks tell to me I could tell. I mean, there were definitely a few of those moments where um, you started to hear a bit of the Invincible theme in there. It was very reminiscent mm -hmm. of it. I thought it did a great job. Yeah. I think especially in the ending scene, right? When you get Mark and yeah. them in there, you get that yeah. uh, Invincible theme. So good. All right. We're going to go through the episode in like recap fashion. And if there's ever anything we want to dwell on or talk about or jump in there with voice actors, names and everything like that as we go. Um, but we open up with arguably my favorite scene that's tough because this and the, the the later fight scene, this scene is incredible and such a surprise. This was not in the original. Yeah. So much of this story uh, is from the original Invincible Presents by Benito Serino. And uh, like a lot of the dialogue, a lot of the beats are, are from the original comic. This was wholly original, which was super cool to see this. So it opens up with an explosion at a facility and Prince Lizard steps through. Um, uh, behind him is Queen Lizard. We've got the Lizard League here and they're searching for what they refer to as the serum. Um, Prince Lizard is uh, a little frustrated with the fact that his, his mother isn't letting him do more and telling them to split up. And she's like, no, we got to stay together. Um, this is Tatiana Messalani, right? Yeah. As yeah, so that was, that was something too that when we watched the screening was like, it was a lot of like, who's this voice yeah. or, or which actor is this? And since having, you know, gotten to watch it again after coming home from San Diego, I've been much better about being able to like pick up on who's who. And yeah, that's definitely mm -hmm. Tatiana Maslany. And I love that it is this like, you know, the lizard league is very like campy, you know, comic book villainy type of talk but i love also that there's a line when like yeah the the prince lizard is like arguing that he wants to do something and she's like i already let you do the explosion like <laughs> even yeah. though it's this like campy lizard villains it's such a like mom arguing with the yeah. little kid like it's already it's too loud which i didn't like yeah, yeah. it's also yeah. really cool that we've like this is going to be king lizard right this is who we see mm -hmm. a bit of in mm -hmm. season one and probably more of yeah. in season two um he's i want to say on the poster for season two he yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. So Which I, I think it's cool that they introduce him as a kid too, because I always read huh. King Lizard as having some type of immaturity, and now I kind of like, kind of I mean, get it. Like, oh, he finally has power, and he's like, he's still like kind of childish about it. Like, yeah. 
I, I it's like a little job for cool you. to see him as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the guardians show up. We got immortal just immediately show up. And what was that, TJ? War Woman, Lauren Ooh, Cohen. Hammer. She only yeah, hammer drops down. Yeah, dude. Like, and it's cool to have her back too because she only got one episode in the yeah, first season. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, the immortal was throughout season one. Uh, the immortal is, uh, Ross Marquand who also voices, um, Aquarius who, so we got him, which is cool to see him too. But like the fact that we actually got Lauren Cohen back, um, is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andrea, if people from walking dead, Nope. Maggie or Maggie. Thank you. (laughs) I knew what you meant. The, um, (laughs) but seeing, uh, Seeing, of course, like we referenced earlier, seeing Black Samson there in his outfit from his pre, you know, Guardian days. This is all from the he comics. Was, he was by the jacked way. too. Yeah, jacked. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Ghost being the dude. Uh, I don't think he ever got it, had a name in the comics. Um, so this was the original Green Ghost. Um, they call attention to Martian Man being away helping uh, uh, um, Dark Blood theme in dark blood oh yeah um and they call attention to red rush working on a case in russia or tied mm-hmm. up in russia but then they also call out Darkwing is still healing from his injuries with the fight with chronodile yeah that was like within the first like couple of minutes deep, getting it getting a deep cut mm-hmm. to chronodile a deep pole yeah. um that's a like a capes villain like that's yeah. i mean we see him briefly in invincible but he was primarily from capes Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was cool because that's kind of a first little dipping our toe into some more expanded material. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. with capes and and so on. Um, uh, they, they 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 talk about calling in the reservist, um, who is of course Omni Man, and mm-hmm. uh, we get an interesting line from uh, uh, oh I love it, Immortal. Was it the white the white suit? Well, not just that, but saying or, or, that or you, said you you've got a lot to learn about men. And she's yeah. saying not oh, interested. Yeah. No interest. Yeah. No interest. So good. Again, calling. I got, a big, like, I got a big laugh in the audience when we were in San Diego. Yeah. I also like how Omni Man showed up with a new suit and they called him out on it. And he goes, "Yeah, apparently uh, all these superheroes nowadays are wearing um, uh, letters on their chest." And Immortal mm-hmm. looks down and he goes, "Oh, is that what that is?" Yeah, yeah Immortal had no that. idea that he had a giant eye right. on exactly. his chest too. Which well, is great. The, the the dot is around his neck. Yeah. And yeah. then, like so it's a little it's a little bit more mm-hmm. hidden but yeah it is it's, it's it pretty is. obvious yeah but i like that once you see it like immortal he was like fuck yeah <laughs> and <laughs> you can tell he was like oh shit calling out, call the, me out the flashy white one it's like what suit number 500 for him at this point if yeah. he's been yeah. living that of long course. who knows um there was also something interesting that i thought with, between black samson and iguana i don't know if anybody else picked up on this i picked up on it like the, the on, on my most recent watch he calls out they have, like they have a history they have a history right did you yeah. catch that like he oh, says yeah. you know oh you're better than this and then uh him and aquarius are are talking <laughs> and he's like no this one's mine and he, aquarius is like you wish and then at the very end when the building is like crumbling he's like carrying iguana and like protecting her mm-hmm. i thought that was interesting yeah like the, the building falls and he like takes the yeah. brunt of it so mm. I, I i don't think we're going to we know that robert kirkman likes to establish that even though we don't know anything about these characters that they still have a history history and a past and they have stories to tell 
but he's not interested in telling that story. Nope. He just wants it to be I think that's fleshed yeah. out. I think that's know? just really cool. That, that, yeah, maybe there's yeah. a thing there, maybe not. Will we ever get it explored? Yeah. Probably not. But yeah, there's character there. There's some depth there. It's intentional. Yeah. Um, so during all this, um, Brandyworth is escaping with Polly. And she's experiencing the contractions and her eyes are glowing pink. And oh Eric, Erickson calls and is like, what are you doing? Where are you going? You know, we have facilities here. And he's like, no, there's an attack. It's not safe. I'm getting her to the hospital. Um, and she's, you know, going to labor. She says, please just protect, protect her. Um, promise me you'll protect her. And so the really quick before mm -hmm. we move on these voice actors. So incredibly, oh, yeah. we got a a um what's what's the guy's name the 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 head of the broderick broad what is it oh erickson erickson yeah, yeah. erickson uh mm -hmm. lance reddick dude so yeah. he, he and i feel like we all pretty much immediately looked at each other and was like that's lance yeah. reddick right like, like he has crazy. such an identifiable voice yeah it's... yeah so he i mean he's the he played the concierge in, yeah. in the john wick movies he was mm -hmm. in um Horizon, Zero Dawn. Um, Commander Zavala and Destiny. Yes, Zavala. Yeah. 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 So unfortunately, he passed away like last year. Yeah. It's Has it been a year? Yeah, I think so. Almost. Oh, no. It was it was right before the John Wick 4 premiere, I think, that he passed away. Yeah, so it was earlier um, this year, still, maybe? Yeah. Not quite a yeah. year ago. So it's just, it's really surprising hearing someone who's who's passed away. You know what I mean? And, and, um, and quite a while since, too. You know, like. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think we had anything else with him in it. So to hear him again, it's like, Oh, there's more like, um, yeah. I can't imagine they recorded more with him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's, we're going to see him in season two. Um, uh, but just getting this bit was really, really cool. We could have yeah. though. I mean, we know how voice acting works and the fact that they had no. this episode done. I know. So he, he could be, but um, it's one of those then... things I, I don't want to say, I hope, but you know, it yeah. would be cool. But either way, the fact that we even got this is so cool. Cause he was yeah. perfect for this character. Yeah. And then Brandy, Brandy Worth, um, mm -hmm. Stephen mm -hmm. Root. Yeah. Who, so the, Wyatt called you, this out. You, Wyatt called this or? out um, during the during the yeah. uh, panel. I leaned over to you guys and I was like, "Is that the guy from Barry?" <laughs> Literally, when as he was talking, like the more inflection that he had in his voice, I was like, yeah. "Who is this?" Like it was yeah. driving mm -hmm. me crazy. And then when Wyatt said, "I was like, holy shit!" Yeah, it was yeah, just was really familiar cool. enough, TJ. Like where you're like, I fucking know that person, but mm -hmm, why it was just like this person out of nowhere is like, is that the guy from Barry and all this other? <laughs> it's a great impression. And... Yeah, it's a great impression. Just like him. <laughs> uh, but definitely in the beginning when he's a little more strained, uh, I didn't, I could hear it, but it wasn't quite there. But later when he's like talking to Eve and he's like kind of begging yeah. with her and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, there he is. There's the Raven. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so they get to the hospital and. Um, you know, he's begging the doctors to like take care of her. And, you know, this, this the child is a superhuman and um, Polly doesn't make it. And he looks at Randyworth, looks, looks over at the scalpel. And then when Erickson and uh, the military arrive, he comes out crying, saying that it, it he lo they lost the baby. They lost Polly. They lost him. Um, and uh, Erickson says, bring me I the bodies. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not yeah. to interrupt again. No. But I no. fucking loved the contractions. Polly. Going through like it looked like she was in like a massive amount of pain, and yeah. every time that that like, like that it comes her, out of her mouth just, and her eyes. Oh my god, it was such a fucking cool effect. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, and so there's cool. a it's a little bit of cool world building too. That like Brandyworth is like 
the baby is superhuman and she lights up all pink and the the medics are like yeah we know like they're yeah. not shocked by this because it's a world i did like that exactly yeah, I like which that yeah. all right so just two things here which kind of call back to episode one of season one of invincible the the whole point of the beginning of season one is like oh this is a world in which superheroes exist well now we've got yeah. doctors being like yeah we can see that we got this yeah but then we've also we're starting with a guardians fight like it opens with a fight with the guardians how cool yeah. is that i love that there's that kind of callback um so we then see um um mr and mrs wilkins crying in the hospital room um that scene adam they've lost the, the baby and um the nurse comes in with the baby saying no she came back to us she came back um and they you know they're crying over her and saying you know thank you our own you know we've got her we've got our own samantha eve wilkins and then you've got the title card that says invincible that transforms into adam eve um then we've got let's see this is uh witches by alice phoebe lou i loved mm -hmm. the music in this episode because yeah, all of it really felt like the music that accompanies adam eve in season one you've got mm -hmm. um k flay for the one song so it's all which i thought was the this song uh not the same song but i also thought it was k flay at first so it was reminiscent of that um so yeah uh, this song is set to uh, little Adam Eve, little Samantha being a weird kid, you know, staring montage, at the floor. Yeah. Just what'd you say? It was, yeah, a montage oh, of like yeah. several moments of her childhood. And this was a moment that I had told you guys about this, that I I started getting a little emotional watching this and how they were depicting her. And I looked over at Nicole and Nicole was already like tearing <laughs> up, crying just because we immediately recognized like the way that they portray her in these scenes is so cool because if you watch a lot of those scenes, she seems very nonverbal and she's like not really talking to people a lot. She's very like focused in particular about things. And Nicole and I have experienced that with Grayson, like that he is, you know, different than than we expected him in some ways. And we that was it was portrayed in such a cool way that wasn't really explained. It was just shown in those scenes so well that Nicole and I both like immediately identified it and was like, oh, it's a it's a, you know, innocent little weird kid. Yeah. We love her already. Like it, it oh. was immediately made Nicole and I like emotionally attached for the rest of the episode. It was awesome. so cool. It was a great scene. Yeah. I love how she's just she's drawing the molecules and the uh and and like like I said, staring at the the floor. And at one point, you know, they say that the neighbor saw her staring at a tree for an hour or something like, yeah. Um, and the dad, like even like right at the beginning when the, when the, when she's just drawing in the kitchen or whatnot, and she's got all these molecules laid out and they don't know that it's molecules yet. Uh, he's just immediately just like perturbed. Yeah. About like, what is she doing? Yeah. Like the mother doesn't, is, isn't, you know, is just kind of has like a, she's wondering, but the dad is just like, yeah. immediately just like i think frustrated. he might actually be the most if you think about it a lot of people hate amber but i think he's the worst <laughs> character in invincible in the invincible yeah. universe yeah yeah he's up there because he's, he's just there's nothing i mean omni man about. might be he's up there always... he, no 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 one will uh, agree with no will... one will agree with tj <laughs> i will say it, knowing that he is this terrible character, especially from the comics, seeing him in the beginning crying in the hospital room, and then like when she's little, like watching movies with her on his lap, I'm like, oh, like there was a yeah. there was a time in which he was a good guy, but he just yeah. got he just got I don't know annoyed with who she became and didn't like he her had being an idea of who yeah, she was. He had, 
exactly he had an yeah. idea of what a child should be and yeah. she was not that and he is not a good parent yeah. because he can't fucking acclimate yep. to it yeah so we've got mm -hmm. um zach the babysitter she helped zach with her chemistry uh understand like helps him understand his homework and everything and she has all the molecules on the floor built with all the legos and everything uh parents come home and they're like you know okay that, maybe go ahead that was one of my favorite scenes of the episode mm -hmm. just like him being like i gotta study and then like pulling, pulling the, the book down and her eyes being mm -hmm. like just very like um yeah she's very intrigued with him she's very much a child uh mm -hmm. and and i got that from and her that I, she's still like a, a little girl um and then her just being like kind of like a, a kind of a know-it-all but at the same time like not really owning it too much and just also being like, oh, Mercury's this, funny. This, this, and, <laughs> yeah. yeah which yeah. is something that didn't really come across the same in the comic i mean there was only a couple pages yeah. dedicated to get dedicated to this in the comic and in the comics just like boom she knows it she starts speaking in you know uh uh, uh chemical chains and just that's it okay and then she turns the the sandwich into a burger and she has her powers the way they showed her as a as a kid and then everything with val so um the dad is like okay fine what are these special schools fine let's let's she's this is who she is let's let's look at these schools um shout out to the invincible twitter account who called out the fact that rosalind franklin which is the name of the academy that she attends uh is an actual historical uh, chemist whose work was key to understanding molecular structures, which is pretty cool that they named it yeah, after. Wow. Um, well, at school, she starts to be, see Brandyworth outside watching her and like here and there. Um, Remy, so my daughter watched this too. And oh, really? She, and, and when like him just standing by the tree, she was just like, what a creep. That's like, so she was funny. so yeah. weirded out by him. And I was like, oh my God, Remy, I love you. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we get a scene with Rogers and Erickson um, talking to phase two, um, the boy um, that they're trying to replicate Eve's powers with. Um, uh, we didn't call out earlier, but um, Prince Lizard and phase two when he's older is Jacob Tremblay, right, TJ? Which is Jacob Tremblay, yeah, who uh, he's done, a, but he did that, uh, what is it called? The, the, the movie with um, him and two other boys but it's like rated r it's like really kind the of boys. raunchy but it's like, what is it it's called the boys it's Isn't not it? called the boys no it's the not. boys That's is a tv show oh, on it, prime it. yeah dumb <laughs> uh oh he was I the boy we in, <laughs> i did too uh he's the boy from room which was a oh, fucking yes. awesome movie um He's good, Luca. Good, good guys. Good guys. Good boys. Good boys. Good, good boys. Good boys. Wait, good, boy, like wait, yeah. good boys is the is the dark movie coming out? What is this movie that he was in? What the fuck? He was Luca he also... in Disney's Luca. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the the one that 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 I know him from that I love him from the most is uh Doctor Sleep. Um, oh which right. Is such such a great movie. Yeah. Um, it is called Good Boys. Um, so. Dr. Sleep, literally, he's the best part of that movie, in my opinion. And his, I don't know, it was awesome. Of, yeah, so I, I thought, sure. I thought, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was cool that he was casting yeah. this. So, yeah. So, another, another variation, like I mentioned from the comic. Hey, wait, is... sorry. He also plays Damien, I think Damien, in uh, Harley Quinn. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he, he plays, plays Robin. Robin. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Eve meets Val 
uh, a, the little girl across the street and she introduces herself and says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm the weirdo next door. And she's like, yeah, that's what my mom says, but I'm weird too. Um, so we get to see this friendship uh, and we get a little bit of a time skip here. They're now 12 years old. Um, they're playing truth or dare in the treehouse, and Emmy admits to wanting to run away because, um, you know, she's not who her oh parents expected her to be, and she wants to do something that matters. Um, she gets in trouble for staying out late, um, and for her grades slipping, even though her science grades are high, she's not doing well in everything else. She just doesn't care about all those other things. She doesn't like the school. They're all a bunch of weirdos there. And her dad's like, well, you should know better. You're a freak just like them. Um, which a dick. Yeah. Eat him. So she goes to her room. She's upset. And, um, in that, you know, emotion, she is like snapping her fingers and you start to see the sparks. And then she like touches the book and the book ch- turns to glass but wait there there was about oh this 35 second sequence of showing her powers i guess activate like manifest and and like manifest going mm, like going the effects of it were really fucking awesome like it went into her into her eyes and then it shows an atom and it shows like you know electron pull out and then go back in like it was a really fucking cool sequence yeah it shows the atom that like that becomes her you know Kind of not her mm-hmm. chest logo, but it's her Atomy logo. Yeah. And then so yeah. she's blown back and then she looks and the book has been turned to glass. Panics. Yeah. She's like, turn back, turn back, turn back. And she manages to turn it back into a book. Um, and then she goes to this kind of some like, of my fav- this is some of my favorite facial animation, yeah. like in it, where she's like scared and trying to make it go back. Like she just like is freaking out. It's it's such a it's for I know a lot of people had criticisms of the first season of the show of like in some of these smaller moments that aren't the big action ones that mm-hmm. like it's not as emotive. But like this, this got me excited for how they're doing with the show because it felt so well animated and so like expressive throughout the scene right do you want to talk about that right now for a second the fact that like i didn't see any of those moments where it's like the static image kind of moving or um any off expressions or you know stretched um pains or anything like that where it the quality felt upped is what i'm saying um the fight scenes the you know choreography of it um, I don't know. It, it, I think that it, it was a noticeable difference from season one. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think that there were it a still couple looked like season one, like it is still the same of, studio. It yeah. still looks yeah. like the same show. Um, yeah. but like from what we've noticed and from what I've seen, I'm not seeing like trees on buildings or, you know, yeah. any weird thing. The, like um, the showrunner, uh, Gail, what is her name of season Heard? two? Dean. Yeah. What's that? What's her, Marge what's her Dean. Name? You're right. Marge, Marge, Dean. Marge Dean. Okay. Yeah. Marge Dean. So she said that, you know, one of the biggest differences between season one and season two was the, the need for CG yeah. um, and to kind of like meld those. And then she, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't she say that, that season two has a lot less, like it's, it's mainly just like hand animated. Yeah. There was a, I want to see if I have it in my notes here because there was something that she said at the panel, which I'm hoping they still, they can post. But that's when it that's about the that's number I... of uh assets um it was i want to say it was an asset number and mm-hmm. this is wrong do not quote me on this but there was something like okay season one had like 400 a unique asset number or whatever season two has like 
900 or whatever like they yeah, it was like, like double she said she said a typical one has 200 and this one has 400 mm-hmm. yeah that being said there were some obvious cg moments in it which were a little jarring for me because it was it wasn't just like a cg shot it was it was you know 2d layered over cg yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or it was the the, the throughway scene. I feel like it's always um, it's always a little bit tough because it does kind of stick out you know when it is that cg yeah and like by no means did it take away from that scene um but i just felt like i don't know yeah just you, know. you notice it um so yeah. she turns the book back uh from glass and then the mom comes to the door and leaves her a um what was it sour or cream cheese and olive sandwich which we heard after the fact when talking to some of the the folks at skybound that that was actually something that the i was i believe it was the writer or the director it was the writer's mm-hmm. um mom actually made for her uh so it was a real thing and each- it sounds delicious <laughs> i think it does i don't know man i love that was another one of the moments where the crowd got super loud yes. in a quieter part of the show where like made you a cream cheese and olive sandwich and just the whole crowd went oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yep um so she turns it into a cheeseburger eats it cautiously and is like oh all right um cut to the treehouse scene again she's back in the treehouse with val and she says hey dare or truth uh, this time but this time you can't tell anybody or um and uh she takes the gum and the quarter and she turns the gum from spearmint to cherry um makes her try it and then she says you know how i've always said i can see molecules and elements and everything um well turns out i can and i can manipulate them um but i can also create things out of thin air and she creates this ball and it's floating around and zipping all over the room and so this freaks val out um to the point where she says like get away you're being weird and um you know leaves um and then I've we always get- hated that type of thing in like movies and shows and stuff like who the fuck wouldn't be like awesome can i be your guy in the chair like are you kidding me ryan you would fuck tj you would fucking be scared you I would say would- that it was a demon if you, you were would- if you, if would- you were a child if you were a 12 year old this would freak you out this would freak yeah, you out. no fucking and- way right so i think that if it first happened like what she did and like like creating it cool but ease me into it the fact that it was flying around her head and was like it was this like attacking thing her. coming at her that's 100%, 100%. fine be like yo eve can you slow it down a little bit i agree. i wouldn't not be friends with her anymore i would want to be right. best friends with a superhero i think she took it too far and she would have been like listen like i'm i'm concerned or, or whatever and talk it out but like just to like leave the treehouse and never talk to her again. We don't even see her. There's no, so, there's no resolution to that either. There's nothing no, just later on time, in the episode. The it's just that's a broken yeah. friendship. She loses this yeah. friend that this friend that she had that you know, and it, it, this is set to good thing by Maple Glider, which makes it way more emotional. It's super sad. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Eve all by herself. She's expelled from the school the academy that she's going to she's now at reginald Bell johnson school um where she sits alone at lunch turning her I olive sandwiches into cheeseburgers this moment made me i i had the comparison in my head that this reminded me of the last of us left behind where it is this like side story after we've gotten the kind of big chunk of one where we're mm-hmm. focused in on this character and 
what she went through before we met her and you're yeah. suddenly seeing all the things she kind of lost yeah. and and the you know the way that she was seeking out a family and seeking out relationships and how much she lost that we didn't even really i mean comic readers knew but going into season one of the show you just assume oh she's just the mary jane of yeah. this show right she's just this girl and it did such a good job of like laying in this backstory that made you really not only sympathize with eve and and know her character better but also understand like why her connection to mark ends up meaning so much to her right and like mm -hmm. why she cares about her connection to anybody that we see in and maybe in why show. she gave rex such a chance you know what i mean because yeah. Yeah. maybe she didn't have anybody else and she had a hard time keeping people that she around she was accepted by the team team yeah yeah mm -hmm. um so yeah then we get a bit of a time jump i i don't think it's much it's hard to tell but her hair's a bit longer um it's christmas um she gets the, the Christmas present from her aunt. It's a terrible outfit. She uses her powers to change it. You notice that she's starting to be a little bit more comfortable using her powers. Um, she's outside playing basketball. She sees a squirrel. She tries to turn it into a puppy, make sure nobody's looking, and isn't able to. She wishes for a puppy, isn't able to get one. Uh, but then Brandyworth appears. She like is freaked out by him, and she goes inside. I love this scene now. She's laying on the bed, just making shapes. And she makes a mask and it like comes down onto her face. Um, and she stands up, makes, you know, makes it her own, like, you know, Spider-Man homecoming type, you know, suit. She's got her hoodie and her boots. Um, and she creates a little platform for her to, to, to glide on. And now this is set to Decepticon by Letegger. And, uh, this scene is so cool and again very reminiscent of invincible's first flight yeah right yep except she mm -hmm. does it a bit better um <laughs> again the callbacks to episode one i think are intentional and really well placed um her going from gliding on this little hover platform to you know jumping off of little stools to sliding on a thing to just eventually flying and learning how to use her glide really cool mm -hmm. evolution of showing the those powers like yeah come sure. about and her learning to do which it. also shows that she is a much better superhero than mark <laughs> yeah, yeah she is well not to spoil the end of this but like what was mark doing during all this you know yeah. like i yeah. love uh -huh. that <laughs> um so she uh, comes across some puppy thieves um and just like in the comic book she turns their helmets their masks i should say their cloth masks um to like stone. masks yeah to, to metal or stone or whatever and causes them to like, cause them to weigh them down um they call her a powerpuff girl um that was funny yeah and uh right brandy then uh, yeah brandy Worth shows up warns her like hey you know uh you know you can't um use your powers uh, yeah can't use your powers. Um, I know who you are. Like then, um, the the government is going to be coming for you. Just don't don't do it. You you know I know that you can't use them on um, uh, uh, living matter. Yep, never living matter. Um, and uh, she goes home. She gets in trouble for being out and sneaking out. And the mom is upset with her. Says I wish you would just try harder sometimes. Because for most of this, um, the mom is um pretty, uh. What what would you say? She's kind concerned. Of... She's under a little more understanding. She's still yeah. not like Betsy. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But this was one where it was like she's just she's not really 
communicating with her. She's not really paying attention to to what okay. what's going yeah. on. Her um, being in Eve's I, bed when she got home gave me anxiety of of like that moment of getting caught. Yeah. Like sneaking into your parents' house and your mom just being there. Mm-hmm. Man. I uh, got the feeling that she was like she represented what a real parent would probably do or feel like. Like there was definitely areas where she could have done better, communicated better or whatnot. But I think that's any parent. Um, but she was still concerned and still showed love for her daughter too. So yeah. I, I, I didn't mind her character. I liked her character. When she was talking to Brandyworth, uh, they he left because they heard something. It turns out there was a drone watching them. So Erickson and Rogers, who we haven't talked about yet, but Rogers, the, the his assistant with the cyborg guy, um, they were watching. And Erickson knows that it's her, and he tells Rogers to send her siblings, basically. Mm-hmm. So we see Phase Two being removed from the tank, and he's a bit older now too. So Eve is off looking for Brandyworth now. She's checking homeless shelters and around town. Um, she finds him and, oh well, no, she doesn't find him. She finds Kill Cannon first, uh, yep. just like in the comic. Yep. And again, the first person, the first villain she fights, just like Invincible. Uh, so, which again, isn't the comics. In the comics, Invincible fights smallers first. Yep. And yeah. in the show they both fight the same person first really cool you're right there are a lot more parallels than i think i initially picked up on when we first watched it between like her first even outing and and flight and all that and marks that is really cool even the way when she first shows up to um kill cannon which by the way i love the overhead shot of her changing her outfit like you subtly Mm -hmm. see her turn into her outfit she lands in like that invincible pose like by the brick wall type thing and stands up and starts talking to smash to him. Also, like she smashes her uh her hand up against the wall, and I kind of got the same the mm. same feel of like that that uh issue one pose. Yeah. Oh, I love that part, TJ. When Dude. she like she, she made hit. like fists, like strong yeah. fists, and then and then instead of just having it disappear, she smashed it on the to wall break to it. get it off. Yeah. yeah. So oh, cool. her her fucking Eve. her changing her her you know blocking the cannon and it blowing up. Um, awesome fight scene. The, the choreography of the fight was really, really great, too. Um, mm-hmm. And Brandyworth uh, shows up and he's like, "You, what are you doing? You shouldn't be doing this. You know, you shouldn't be using your powers. She's like, well, I go by Adam Eve when I'm in costume, um, you know, so and I'm wearing a costume. I have a mask on. And um, she, he's like, especially on your birthday. And she's like, you know, it's my birthday. How do you know it's my birthday? And he tells her a bit about her, um, her mother. And who she is, that she was adopted. And, um, you know, we find out they that. Go and Polly, have a burger at Burger Mart. Yep. You find out that Polly was, you know, he claims his assistant. She was homeless and pregnant. Um, but uh, while doing the experiments and while um, doing, you know, working with her, he fell in love with her, um, which is never really explicitly said, but he's like a father to her. Um, so yeah, well at Burger Mart and then sirens go by and Eve steps up because she wants to go help and he begs her like, no, you can't, you can't do this. And she's like, I got a mask. I'm a government, you know, super weapon. I'll be fine. Um, and she flies away. So then we've got the highway scene, which is like crazy how long this scene is and how yeah. ridiculous this scene is. Um, she arrives, we get the little, 
you know, Avengers moment of saying, you know, fall back and form a perimeter. Who are you? She does a thing. Okay, we're gonna fall back and form a perimeter. Yeah. It yeah. still works. Still works. Still mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. We get uh, the do we talk about the scene with the the other beings? Am I am I getting ahead of myself? The this is when the, the other the, show up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there wasn't wasn't there a scene where they introduced them first? Um, yeah, he when Andy Erickson, told him to get back in the yeah, room. Erickson, yeah, uh, yeah um, they, they show him. They, they to, like, it was yeah. between um, the new scientist, whatever Rogers and and, uh, and saying if you can't if you can't uh, get it together, then you'll then you'll also go in the tube. Yeah, did yeah. I miss that part? No, I didn't say that line. Oh, okay, that's okay, when okay. that's when they find yeah. out that it's Eve and bring her back and and everything like that. Yeah, that's when we find out that there are other experiments um, that mm-hmm. like are not working out and. Then when she shows up, you see one of the experiments, like or three of the experiments, I think, um, initially standing there. But then you find out that there were five yeah. total. Yeah, she shows. Well, four, I think. She shows up, and one immediately dies. One just immediately is destroyed, and then there's the other three mm-hmm. throughout the whole fight. Um, I think but, he says five. Five. Regardless. I thought he said five. Yeah, because he goes, "Oh, like this was experiment one, and this happened. This was experiment two. Mm-hmm. This happened. Happened." Yeah, phase one, phase two, phase three. Yeah, you're phase one. Mm-hmm. So these are, you know, he right away says, calls her siblings. So you know, they he says who they are. She immediately destroys one across the the cop car, and it like reforms itself. Um, but mm-hmm. then there's this whole fight scene, guys. I mean, it is just like her going up in the air, and the like the tendrils kind of wrapping around the eye, it closing in. Yeah. Her breaking free from that, her uh, creating the two walls to separate the two, and then bringing the walls onto her to create the armor. Smash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The armor two looks of my favorite. Awesome. Go ahead, TJ. Yeah. I was just saying the armor looks awesome. I love like the skirt with the armor too. I, I yeah. think that's cool. That was a cool moment. It reminded me of, well, we're not doing comic spoilers. It reminded me of a thing that happens later in the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, two of the moments that stick out to me that I loved are oh, one of them is, is near Damn the beginning it. when she does the little hops oh, i love forth. that she's oh, like floating getting ready so cool it was such a cool moment of like she's learning to like use her powers in new ways and she like wants to she yeah. wants to like show what yeah. she can do and then she's it's when i think phase two grabs like a tire and is going to swing it at her and she turns it into a parachute and it like yanks him back yeah. it was yeah. such a cool like creative use of her powers which is really neat and it makes me excited to see more like eve action in season two and three and have mm-hmm. her use her powers in more creative ways other totally. than just like a bubble or a wall or something like that i love yeah. the way like even like invincible season one did it and it feels like uh, in animation sometimes it's difficult to really understand what's happening when it comes to action avatar did it perfectly and i feel like invincible does it awesome too like yeah, there's it, even the really moment where what's happening. after she armors up she kind of like moves her foot and shoots a uh a, yeah a, a pink beam out of the floor it felt very earthbendery yeah. um i also love the the um quote where after phase two explains who they are she goes oh so you guys are like the failed versions of me so this should be easy yeah i love yeah. that line um turning the, the the highway floor, like making it disappear, like that mm-hmm. moment dropping down, creating the ramp as a car goes over her, another road. For and her, so, so that part was really cool too. So she created a ramp to go over her and it shows her like, like yeah. breathing, mm-hmm. heavy catching her it's, breath, like freaked out that yeah. she almost died. This was one of those moments where, like I mentioned at the, at the beginning of the episode where 
in the screener, it felt really intense. Like it felt like everyone in there was like captivated. And I, I, I know I was, but I felt like everybody else just kept wanting to like cheer and like, like shout out at awesome yeah. moments, but everything was followed up by something brutal or like right. a line delivery of something really intense. Yeah. Or it ends with something really sad and devastating. And it, so there was never a, a breath to cheer, but you kept having that. It's like you were trying to stifle cheers, but at the same time, like you couldn't because then it would just be an emotional beat right after that. Like her going up there and spinning and repairing her costume, but then the blood still soaks through, you know, mm-hmm, like yeah. showing again, hey, she can't heal herself, she, but yeah. she but she wants to fix her costume. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But her getting like, she gets her eyes all puffy, her lips cut, she's got a cut on her arm. Like she gets really messed up in this. Um, but then at the end, just being, uh, after Brandyworth shows up, destroys phase three. So it's just phase two now. Um, uh, phase two throws Brandyworth. She jumps and saves him, creates the bubble, which we see her use so often. It's kind of a Adam Eve, you know, key trait Stable. that she can kind of create. Yeah, that, that pink bubble. Um, and phase two is just pounding on it, cracking it. And then you just see the teardrops falling on the bubble. Um, and she's like, why are they doing this? Why can they, why can they control themselves? They can turn into anything. I can't. And Brandy Worth says, I put mental blocks in you that you, you couldn't be too powerful. They didn't have me. I wasn't there to do that for them. You loved that too. I love that. Like that whole thing of like, they didn't have me to do it. And I like the way he worded it like that. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't, I wasn't there to do that for them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they turned out like this. Uh, yeah. That's so good. So, um, so they break through and, um, uh, phase two starts walking towards her, you know, still kind of taunting her, but at the same time, like his foot stays in place and his leg moves, like he's completely falling apart and disintegrating. Um, and he says that, uh, uh, I wish everything was different. Uh, I wish everything was different for us. And he disintegrates and dies. And then Erickson and Rogers arrives as Eve passes out. This whole like setup and like progression of events from, you know, Kill Cannon to, you know, Bergam to Erickson being there to Bergamart to the sirens to the fight on the bridge to Erickson showing up to getting them back to the lab is so smooth and just happens like like. It, yeah. it, I love that progression of events and it, it, it all works as one day. This is her birthday. Um, Going back to um, phase two's death too. She was holding him in her arms mm-hmm. and he was just disintegrating into the air and it was extremely emotional. And I mean, there's more that comes later on toward the end of the, the episode, but uh, I mean, she kind of thinks of him as family, all of them as like family because they're like, you know what I mean? So doesn't I she look I at doesn't she look at Brandyworth even and say like help him and he's like yeah. there's nothing I can yeah, do. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's trying to mm-hmm. save them. You know, so sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. because all the explanation too. Sorry, I'm like thinking, thinking, remembering things off the top of my head. 
all the explanation that phase two was saying as they were fighting, like you're perfect. You were the one. And we yeah. all, we, yeah. we just kept being reminded of how we were failures and we, we were failed experiments and, and you were the perfect one. And he is, she's like, what are you doing? Like they're out, they're on the, they're on the highway and he pushes her onto the highway and they're both there and cars are coming at both of them. And she's like, what are you doing? She's like, you're going to kill us both. And he was like, I don't care. It'd be worth It'd be seeing uh, the light leave, leave your perfect eyes. Yeah. Like yeah. just the fact that she was, perfect to him or like a normal human being and he was like this failed thing like just yeah. made it even more emotional and I, and, and I like that she was able to see that mm -hmm. in the end so yeah so she's at the um she's at the lab with erickson and rogers and eve is restrained and um you know they they have erickson uh, or erickson has brandyworth at gunpoint and forcing him to stay to help uh, make more like eve and Eve offers to stay if they'll let him go. And she just kind of like breaks out of the, the, the cuffs. And I like how Rogers was like, I said it was, you know, theoretical. <laughs> yeah. Like I, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she just does it in a really badass way. Um, and Brandyworth says that, you know, we won't need your, you know, I forgot what he calls her, your pet project or whatever anymore, your assistant anymore. And reveals Polly, who is still alive, somewhat in a tank. Um, Brandyworth, you know, snaps at this and attacks Erickson. Erickson's gun fires off, shoots Polly in the tank. And uh, later we see that he shot Brandyworth in the head as well. Uh, Eve sees all this and loses it. Um, she, you know, she says, you've taken everything from me. You've taken my entire family. Um you know. Even she said, "You've even taken people from me that I didn't know that I loved." Yeah, yeah. which I thought was really great. You murdered my yeah. whole family, um, mm -hmm. and she just snaps, and you see her glowing. They're glowing. She's lifting them up. She uh, she takes off her mask. She says, "I am Samantha Eve Wilkins, and I defy you. I defy you to even remember my name. I defy you to remember who even remember who I am." That fucking line is so badass. Oh, I defy you to even remember who I am. Yeah, oh. I, I see everything now. I can rearrange your mind. I can change you into entirely new people. Um, I feel like this scene, not taking anything away from the show, but I feel like it hit harder in the comic book. I feel like it was not explained a little bit better, but I feel like it was... One thing that I was just, in the I, comic that I'm, I'm, I'm obviously they thought it, about it and chose to leave it out was after she does this, she realizes... I could have saved them. I could have brought, you know, mm. Polly and Eric or Polly and, you know, I could have brought my mother and father back. Mm -hmm. I could have revived them. I could have done something else, but instead I opted for revenge in a way. Mm. And so I don't mm. know if they opted to just keep it. This is dark enough. You know, we don't want to make it too dark. Yeah. Um, and also do we want to introduce the fact that she can bring back the dead? That's what I was going to say why they didn't do that. I think that's why yeah. you're right. Yeah. Um, so she, yeah, but yes, it is badass in the comic too. Another interesting thing about yeah. the comic, go check it out is there. They put in a lot of through lines between apples and snakes. There's a lot of apples and snakes throughout the whole thing. Um, again, with the whole Adam Eve theme and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff is interesting. Um, so she flies home, you know, Erickson and Rogers wake up. They have no idea where they are. Eve is gone. She flies home. She has a moment outside where she kind of like gets her bearings. She's upset. And, you know, she, she opens the door, walks in 
and her parents have um, had a birthday cake and uh, you know a happy birthday sign up for her, and they're waiting for her. And and the dad ate some of the cake. Yes, <laughs> this I kind of like. Such a great moment of so like. This one I. She feels bad, but then is also like, "Did, did you, you eat some of my cake? Like, what's, you what's wrong with you that? You would have eaten the cake. You weren't you there. The I would. If if that happened to me, and I was sitting there waiting for Riker to come home on his birthday, and I ate a piece of the cake, and he said that to me, grounded. The thing grounded that... for but you for but Bill, weeks it's at his, least. It's it would it's her birthday cake. You put that shit back in the fridge, and you eat something else. Yeah. No, the thing no. that gets me. I paid for the cake. I paid for the cake. I paid for the fucking house that she came in late. That she made a fucking door disappear. No, grounded. No, Bill, I'm gonna, grounded. I'm gonna photo, yeah, I'm gonna Photoshop Eve's dad's face on top of your face while you're saying all of that oh, right no. now. <laughs> Bill, you're not. Bill, you're teaming up with the wrong guy. Uh, the thing Listen, that gets me. I said, I said that he's the worst character, but I, in this moment, I was like, "Who the fuck are you, Eve?" Of course, he ate some. <laughs> No. What if they didn't have any other food? What if they spent all their money to make that cake for you special and they had no other food in the house because they used up all the flour and the eggs? You don't know. (laughs) It's not a depression. It's not. (laughs) The thing that gets me is that he still has the birthday hat on. He still has the, like, (laughs) he's been wearing this. He loves her. (laughs) He wanted it to be a surprise, but he got hungry. (laughs) He got hungry. Yeah. So, um, they, they, they. You know what? I know why. Because the only thing they eat in the house was fucking olive and cream cheese sandwiches, right. and he wanted a piece of cake. That's right. It was the only thing without olives in it, and even that probably had olives. It's probably so. olive cake. Um, and he, of course, he says, "Like it or not, we're the only family you've got." And she storms off to to her room, and she slams the door, and her family photo falls of the three of them. She picks it up, uses her powers to turn it into the family with um, oh. Brandy's Worth, Polly, and all the phase kids. And says the only one I've got, which is such a good, such a good line. Uh, and then yeah. she opens the door. Her mom's there. They hug and cry, and it ends. It's like Jesus. Um, and then credits. Couple credits. Then the, the tag. Where was Mark Grayson doing all this? And we mm-hmm. see awesome. Omni Man arrive at home. We see a younger Debbie standing in the kitchen. Uh, they walk up, say hello, and. Mark comes running in, a young Mark Grayson, wrapped in duct tape, and says, "I got it! I got it! I can be duct tape man." And even uh, if I don't get my powers, yep. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Debbie's like, "Oh God, you're gonna rethink that when we have to take this off. Go run a bath. I'll be up there in a minute." Um, and Nolan says, "That boy is never getting his powers, is he?" And she's like, "I the don't know. Roar, you're a space alien." The roar of laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at uh, at yeah. the screening. Um yeah, it was it was awesome. And then it- I I love this too especially because like I feel like it puts things in context where like Mark is sort of, you know, Mark's the main character of the show and it's very easy to be like, man, Mark has been through so much. Mark has been through so much trauma. We should really feel bad for Mark. But then also during this period of time, Mark's living a pretty great life yeah. with like his family are very supportive of him and he gets to just be a kid strapping himself with duct tape. You know what I mean? And his parents are just like, Oh gosh, we're gonna have to kill this off. You now. they're not like mad at him yeah. while Eve is going through like the most traumatic thing you could possibly imagine. Like it, it puts into context that he's not the only one who's carrying around this. Like that's right. Wyatt. That he's had to go That's through. right. Wyatt. He's not the only one 
who's dealing with trauma. <laughs> Who has the most devastating? No I listen. I get it. I get it. I get no it. Spoilers. We're not all fans. We're not all fans. Who has the most devastating or origin story? Could you can I Anin and Ursul? Oh my gosh. No, no. <laughs> I no, guess we'll never no. know unless we get more, another special more traumatizing, episode. One day. More traumatizing. No way. Than no way. Read the rest. Read no the rest way. of the comics if you want to know who Monster Girl. talking about. Monster Girl more, <laughs> um, more traumatizing than Rick Blood. And then, of course, there's that brief moment of um, um, Nolan struggling with what he is there to do, and just the ridiculous little on the nose, little, little on the nose, on but the again, nose, but... you know, you know. Yeah, I see some people confused online by what that meant and everything like that. It's just it's him struggling with this. The the, the yeah, it's yeah. tedious. It's this. What is he doing here? Why is he can mm-hmm. take over? It's everything he says in the, the season finale. Like the, all those yeah. emotions that he had, it's showing that he had them the whole time, and it was him. My problem dealing with yeah. Them. My problem is that when a show is so smart and so good and so emotional, that when it does something like bam bam. and he's like so it's so obvious that he's angry i just it took me out of it i'm like come on guys yeah Yeah. but it could have been a little bit more subtle that's all i'm saying yeah sure yeah um we've got a couple emails bill would you like to take the first one sure and i know i the first one is mine because it's color-coded that's right with my color that's right which is what (laughs) Blue, yes, or turquoise, yeah, whichever one Real. you decided on. <laughs> Hi, Invincible Podcast. This is Luis Cortez. I am a longtime listener, and I wrote once before last year. I mainly wrote to share my own thoughts on the recent Invincible announcements. I loved the Adam Eve special. It met all of my expectations as a comic adaptation. It had amazing battle animation and choreography. I love when Eve skips on the air before <laughs> fighting with her siblings. It's a great way to hype the audience for the action. Yeah. I also enjoyed the small additions to the specials to the specials lore. In particular, I love seeing young Prince Lizard um, learn leadership from Queen Lizard and young Mark dressing up as Duct Tape Man. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on SDCC in the podcast. Well, that's already out. So that's right. Go ahead and listen to that if you haven't. But True. yeah. All right. Thank you, uh, Lewis. Again, man, that little skip she did. That's one of those things yeah. that's, that reminds me of the, uh, yeah. the, 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 the dumpster lid closing. Like those little yeah. touches that just like, I'm sure the animator, or maybe they did, maybe the storyboard artist or the animator wasn't quite sure that that was going to hit the way it did. But man, that moment is so hype. Yeah. And I, well, think I love it. Cool. Because the, I think in another show, there might be an executive who goes, we don't need that shot. We don't need you to spend that much time animating this thing. It's not as important, but having those moments, like they're, they're the things that stand out to people and that, yeah. that make it feel more real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. TJ, you have an email for us. I do. Uh, this one is from Jordan Gilbert. I miss hearing from Jordan Gilbert. I feel like we haven't heard from him in a little while. We're starting to hear from him again. Yeah. I think Jordan Gilbert wrote in on like every episode of the Oblivion Song podcast, but yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Hey guys, long, long time, no talk. Uh, hope, sorry, you color coded this and now it's like so fluorescent that I'm tr- having trouble reading it. You wanted it color coded. Here. here I didn't build it. it. I'm build it. it for you. It's I built, was able to read mine just fine. <laughs> Wait one second, uh, TJ. Ready? Here you go. All right, put it in Slack. Oh, no. Okay. There you go. There hey you guys, go. long time, no talk. Hope all is well and I'm enjoying Wyatt as a new addition to the show. 
Thanks, oh, Jordan. He's doing all right. Okay. Uh, not much to say, but I loved the new Adam Eve special. I love the fact that uh, Kirkman can always improve on source material and make it better in ways that were never thought of. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was in the Adam Eve comic, the director was a lot more bloodthirsty in killing Brandyworth, whereas in the show, he was a lot more resource, uh, remorseful to it and uh was more accidental love always jordan gilbert yeah in the comic in it, the comic it, he it, it, it also was an accident too. in the comic so. it was an accident but he didn't care so much in this one he's like oh yeah. shit like yeah yeah i think it was meant to show that he at that point was kind of scared of eve like because he does that and then looks at eve and goes that was an accident yes. like it's more yeah. of i read it as like not so much remorseful and more so it's, of like Oh, I'm about to get murdered. It's also by this girl. more violent in the comic and in the show. It happens off off panel, off scene. Yeah. Uh, you know, out of out of scene. Yeah, out of frame. Yeah, it me. shows him get shot in the head. Yeah, the whereas this just shows the hole in his yeah. head. Uh, thank you, Jordan and Wyatt. You're up. So this one's from Scotty. He said, I love the Adam Eve special. It gives a real insight into Eve's tragic backstory and really makes you empathetic to her character. Uh, this is especially well done in the moments when Eve watches her brothers die as well as her parents die in the lab, then to come home to foster parents who don't really appreciate her, especially her foster dad. Sincerely, Scotty. Yeah, though this is, I think, this episode, if anything, it does, like, heartbreaking emotion yeah. really, really well. Like, it's just, it's there's so much about it that just makes you, like, just go, like, ah, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, any final thoughts on this as a surprise, like we did not expect to be doing a whole episode review of, uh, of Invincible, uh, any other final thoughts on this as a, as a thing from anyone? It was, it was a cool thing. Um, <laughs> I, I said at the I... beginning, I think that it's really exciting that they care so much about the source material that. This was a necessary inclusion. They could have just done like a flashback. You know what I mean? Yeah. They literally could have done like a five minute flashback, make it relevant to then show what they have to show later in the show. But they didn't. They fucking took this thing. And and yeah, TJ, there's absolutely going to be the Rexplode one. A hundred percent. And I hope so. I hope so. Um, I like that Kirkman said that they, this was always like, a part of the plan that they started working on this like right after season one like that's crazy that's awesome and i love i love that this wasn't just like uh hey we know it's been two years but it worked out to where they could be like hey we know it's been two years but yeah here's a little something like awesome yeah yeah and think back and to the, like robert kirkman saying in interviews even a few months ago being like there's a lot coming guys there's a lot of invincible mm -hmm. coming so much that you won't know what to do with it all like they knew that this was coming years ago like you're saying tj like this was if this was the plan if they had to do this voice acting that long ago then um yeah. like they care they're doing it like yeah everybody yeah. was upset oh we gotta wait till late 2023 yeah well when they said late 2023 they knew this was coming in the summer like yeah they know what fans want they're doing the best they can and 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 giving us quality stuff so that's really really great and you mentioned it earlier, Ryan, but like we know Kirkman as somebody who likes to do these like big surprises where he shadow drops a comic or like ends a comic unexpectedly and like wants to surprise you. And 
I don't know why, but I just never really expected that to really transfer over into the show because it's a it's an Amazon Prime show. Yeah. Like he's it's not like he gets the final say on every single thing that happens. Yeah. And like there's a whole lot of budget and a lot of other people involved that. So to see that kind of that sentiment that he has for how he does comics carry through into the show is really exciting to know that as this show continues to go on and, and to be successful, that we'll get more surprises yeah not even necessarily another special episode but that he can take some swings like this and that the whole team working on the show gets to do that now and i really hope it worked you know i mean i've seen pretty positive you know feedback from this this episode people seem to really like it it came as a surprise and people have been digging it i haven't really heard anybody say anything negative about this like i hope it worked because it's an interesting it's interesting like we're saying like no marketing for this just boom it's out does that is that better than than marketing and leading up to it or is the surprise factor worth it you know and uh i think that's pretty pretty cool so yeah um all right we would normally on a normal episode we have a issue spotlights where we talk about random issues of the invincible comic we talk about other stuff we're um excited to talk more about the things coming in the future um keep an eye out like i said we've got our invincible dice game coming out soon um we're not our dice game our playthrough of the dice game coming out soon um and other than that, shout out to you, Wyatt, for doing the intro music. Thank you. And great job with the intro turning into the Adam Eve podcast. That was pretty yeah, sweet. That was fun. Um, and uh, yeah, you guys can email us at theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, and we'll be around. We'll uh, hope you enjoy the, uh, enjoyed the Adam Eve episode. Guys, thank you for joining us. We'll see you later. Yeah. You're welcome. Awesome. Until next time. All right, see ya. I'm Bill. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. And that's Bill. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Invincible Podcast, probably the best superhero podcast in the universe. This is a show where friends talk all things Invincible, including Bill. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know what I did. I tried to not react to it. For the record, I tried really hard. Here's the problem. (laughs) Here's the problem, which, by the way, I didn't see you react. I just knew. I felt you reacting. (laughs)